Who's the person you turn to when you need advice? The person who gives you confidence and strength? The person who's been your biggest support? The person you shop with, ask their opinion and trust them implicitly? For me, it's... Hi, Ma. Hi, Del. As a mother and daughter, we know we have a close bond, but each mother and daughter relationship is unique and different, and that's exactly what we want to explore. Each week, we'll sit down with mothers and daughters and talk about their bond, from the ones who work together to others who have survived, shared passions, overcome loss, and in general, have a great relationship that is worth sharing. This is Mothers Mothers and Daughters Daughters Podcast. Emma. Hi, Del. Why are you? Oh, it's unusual. I I know you normally say it first. I usually get there first and say, how are you? Um... I'm fine. Yeah. Except for my fatty liver. Oh, well, your cholesterol's gone down, so that's a win. Yes. But um, so, yes, have to lose weight. All the listeners, lose weight. (laughs) She's going to join me at training. Lose weight. Uh, I bought a treadmill. Uh, Yes, you've been doing lots of walking. Lots of walking. Um, Cut out so much. From my normal diet, anyway, really it's a lot of yeah, a lot of fun. Really I'm, happy about that. Uh, yeah, just FYI, <laughs> I, I was going to say I'm just yeah, a ball of laughs, 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 cutting at the out moment. everything yes. in your diet. Anyway, yes. it's all it's all for the greater good. Exactly. I was yes. probably lucky that my doctor was wonderful and found out. And yes. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Tell me something moving nicer. Um, well, you'll look forward to when you get a chance to listen. Um, Sally's books. I know you got them on audiobooks. I on Audible. Have, I have because I stayed up very, very late last night finishing The Younger Wife because mm-hmm. I just had to get to the end. I just wanted to know what happened. Okay, well, don't tell me. I won't tell you. No. And for those who haven't bought it, please do because great book. And I, she's got seven other books to choose from, and they're all equally as great. Um. Except then Cooper waking me at us at 3 a.m. for like an hour and a half wasn't really helpful when I'd stayed up really late to read the book. So no, try not to do that again. I won't do that again. Anyway, besides that, it's all fine. Lacey, you enjoyed the book. I did. I really enjoyed the book. So everyone go get The Younger Wife. And the mother-in-law was also really good. Lots of twists and turns. It's great. Um Mother and daughters out in the, it's not really out in the wild, but celebrity ones that I spotted this week that was really funny. Um, Cindy Crawford and her daughter were an in-style party and they had, it was very cute. They opened the lift and they do all different things. I love when in-style does that. But, of course, typical Celeste Barber took it on as a challenge and redid it with her mum. I guess you'll... I will, that post I will yes, post so it. I will post it. So everybody, everybody can very, see it. It's very funny. Um, and, I mean, if we can, we'd love both sets of mothers and daughters. Oh, that would be amazing. amazing. But you already tried. I will try again. Okay. Yeah. Don't give up. I'm not giving up. No. And in saying that, we were just discussing, mm. if anybody has any recommendations for some good stories out there with other mothers and yeah. daughters, um, 
who have, you know, just uh, an interesting twist in their lives. Yeah, great bond. Uh, yeah. Whether you work together, don't work together, you know, it doesn't matter. It's it's always a nice chat to have because we're winding down season one, which is crazy to think about. It's amazing. I know. I love having a season two. Yeah, so we're mm. going to start working on the um, episode list and guest list for season two. So. Please don't be shy. Don't feel like you can't nominate yourself or, um, or somebody or else. Someone else, you and, know. And Jordana, and if you, say, yes, we'll reach I, out I will to them. reach out if even if it's just a suggestion. I would love that um, because we love hearing from our Absolutely. audience. Absolutely. And going on to this week's episode, which was actually a a different one because we had two sets of mothers and daughters. Yes, so we had which was nice. Three screens, three like screens. three 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 splits, three split splits on the going. Yes. yes. So um, it was very yeah, two two sets of mothers and yeah. daughters. It was great. So it's Ali and Michelle are co-authors. Um, they're about to release their third book, um, on the thirtieth of November. It's called Fancy Meeting You Here, and they have also started this great initiative called Books on the Rail, and you may have seen it if you um catch the train they put books with their book ninjas on trains and honestly I was so intrigued by mm. that I mean I of course I didn't know it was a thing mm. and then they obviously yeah have uh, Instagram you know page yeah. back or well, Instagram not page but yes, Instagram, Instagram so yeah, people follow it and post it's when they all, get the book and, and all Australia wide yeah it's great it started in the UK and um that's where um, it originated and then the, the girls started it here and obviously COVID slowed things down a little bit, but it's definitely kicking off with their launch of their new book um, now that everything's opening up again, especially yes. in Melbourne. Yes, definitely. I, so, I saw that they're, they're, they're actually no masks at on all. On public transport? No. Oh. No, no. Interesting. No, no masks at all okay. now. I mean, now we're a bit, you know, a bit be not behind, but on a different page to Melbourne, Melbourne. but they skipped way ahead. Oh, they yes. skipped that part. Yeah. So if you're on the train in Melbourne or in Sydney or wherever, wherever all Australia, yeah. Um, keep an eye out for a books on the rail book and they encourage you to take it home, read it, and then place it back yeah. on the train for somebody else to read and I think that's a great concept, just the thought of the journey one oh, book of the can book. take. Absolutely. Yeah. And the yes, absolute, you know, I mean, besides being authors, but, you know, their love of reading, yeah. which came from, you know, very early in their mm. childhood together. Yeah. Is just developed into this, you know, wonderful outcome of mm. Of authors together authors, and yeah. friends together, and it's just and their mothers, of course, as yeah, well. Their mothers are so proud of what their daughters have achieved, and also have formed their own bond thanks to Ali and Michelle's relationship. Um, for, well, they were friends since they were ten, so many, many years now. Mm -hmm. So it was really nice to chat with them and and hear about their journey and their relationships together, as well as with each other's mums. So. If you have a chance, definitely share your book on the rail that you find and, and grab their new book from next week. Lovely. Bye Enjoy. Bye. bye. I'm Ali. 
I am an author with Michelle and co-founder of Books on the Rail and I am Cindy's daughter. (laughs) And I'm Cindy, Ali's mother, and I am a speech pathologist and I work um, in the paediatric area. I also, on the sideline, I teach um, Israeli folk dancing which is what I did this morning. <laughs> and I also, when travel permits, I'm a tour guide oh. for cultural tours. Mm. And I'm Michelle. I'm one half of the co-author duo and also co-founder of um, Books on the Rail. I'm also a primary school teacher. Um, and this is my mum, Susie. <laughs> Um, <laughs> hi, hi. Very comfortable with live, live podcasting. Well, I mean, the good thing it's is it's pre-recorded, but yeah. so don't feel like don't feel like you're um. It's straight away going to anything, so you can yeah. take a breath. You can yeah. think about things. Yeah. We can edit things if you're nervous. So. Take your time. Um, <laughs> Michelle's mum, and um, she's the the middle, though not um no, though not a uh, an obvious middle child. Little three daughters, <laughs> <laughs> an auntie of two um two little boys now, and um, I've been working as um a, a practice uh, running um a surgical practice with my husband. And um, okay, that's that's, that's good enough <laughs> for yes, us. Yeah, lots of things. So, uh, I guess again, uh, maybe Cindy go first, but Cindy and Susie, um, what were Ali and Michelle like growing up? Uh, so Ali, um, growing up, Ali was a, a quiet child, quite <laughs> reflective. And um, but I suppose if I had to choose a couple of adjectives, I would say she was um, very creative and imaginative, which still holds true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're very strong characteristics, very salient for her, and um, quirky, a little bit quirky. <laughs> and at the risk of being a mother, I have to say, she was also and still is a very kind child. Um, she'd be the, the type of child if you were at a birthday party and there was a little kid sitting on her own, Ali would make sure that she'd bring that child in. She was always very inclusive. So that's how I would say Ali was okay. and, and still is. I think the characteristics are still the same. No, that's sweet. Thank you. And Michelle, well, she, she was enchanting as a child. <laughs> I think everyone just fell in love with her. She had a great um, joy of life. Um, her world um, uh, was surrounded by her animals, by her golden retriever, <laughs> <laughs> lots of bunnies and birds and animals that we rescued somehow, <laughs> and um, and her friends. And, um, and since a very young age, Ali, of course, and um, her friends were so important. And... Um, and she grew up in a, a pre pre sort of technology world, pre social media. So um, she had um, she was able to live a, a, to enjoy a very natural childhood. She was also very very kind always, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and um, and she. Uh, I, I remember a teacher once said she was like. Um, um, it was like bees to honey pot. She attracted <laughs> people. 
she's a lot of fun, but very, very kind and very sensitive. That's very That's nice. so nice. Yeah. It's always nice to hear how mums talk about their kids growing up and it's and it's nice when the kids reflect back on their childhood and think and you know and you think it's just such a nice a nice period in your life it's always nice to hear that it doesn't always not always the case but it is always nice to hear um and Ali and Michelle how did you both meet because you've known each other for quite some time we have so Ali and I have been best friends since we were in year two um, when I moved to her school, although we had met, I think a couple years earlier than that, um, on a on a holiday. Um, however, Ali wasn't interested in me at all. <laughs> she only wanted to hang out with my older sister Sarah. Um, I think, in fact, Sarah got invited. You got invited to. Sorry, Sarah got invited to your Humphrey <laughs> Be Bear party, and I did not. <laughs> so, I was going to yeah. say, and it's not traumatized you since. I was going to say, yeah, not that you remembered <laughs> no, that. that. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, then I, I managed to somehow captivate her when, when I moved schools in year two. Um, and then I, I think it was eventually love it, love it, third sight maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very, very close ever since. Oh, that great. Yeah. I still love Sarah though, Mitch's oldest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's nice when you have been friends for so long. It's probably, you, you know, you've been in each other's lives for so long that everyone sort of becomes like family almost. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I think we really are like family now, yeah, that we've we know we've know known each other for so long. And, yeah, like Mish said, it was we went to a, a, a holiday in Marysville, I think, when we were five years old or so. So it was all thanks to our mums that we first. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and since then we've, we've known each other for, for decades, which has been it's amazing. Isn't that? That is amazing and ending up you know, working, working together. together. It's, it's a yeah. wonderful, yeah, wonderful story. Um, what is it, what is it like working together? It's great. It's amazing. Yeah. I love, we love working together. We work together. Um, yeah, really well. It's been, it's been a very different experience sort of writing together as co-authors, um, rather than, um, writing into usually writing can be quite a solitary thing mm. so writing mm. together we've had to sort of change our writing styles which has been very interesting we sort of when we write our books together we get together and um the first thing that we do is sort of plot map every single thing that's going to happen in the book um before we even put pen to paper um and we yeah we sit over I usually come to Misha's house and she makes me an avocado um, and feta or just avocado brunch <laughs> with bagels and then we just and then discuss exactly what's going to happen in the book um, chapter by chapter and then we split up um, the chapters and um, I might be writing chapter two before chapter one has already been written um, and then yeah we'll we'll write the book that way together but we've sort of got it down packed now, which is really nice. And yeah, I'm just feel so grateful that we get to work together. It's so much fun. What was the impetus of working together? Like, obviously you both have jobs, you know, and you're doing the writing in between. I don't know how you find the time for that. But besides that, what, what got you to the point of now writing three books together? 
So Ali and I, it's something that we always um, had a shared love of was reading, even when we were very little. Um, books and writing and being creative and imaginative was a big part of our friendship. Um, so a few years ago, Ali had just moved back from London after having lived there for a couple of years where she um, was involved in a community project called Books on the Underground which sort of disseminates books um, on public transport for people to find and discover. Um, And when Ali came home, um, she so wanted to make it a part of Australia Um, and she approached me knowing that I was a fellow bookworm and would love to get involved in something like that. So that sort of um, catapulted us into working together and collaborating together Um, and it was through this new adventure that we were going on with Books on the Rail that our first book, The Book Ninja, um, was sort of born uh, somewhat through just joking conversations that we thought it would be so wonderful if someone met um, through Books on the Rail, finding somebody else's book and falling in love. Uh, But when that wasn't happening in reality, we decided to turn it into a book. So uh, we were very fortunate that we had some contacts with different publishers through Books on the Rail and somehow managed to land ourselves a writing a writing deal um and yes now we're almost three big books in amazing 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 so young and so talented and successful that's great thanks (laughs) and I think it's amazing that you write together because I mean I've read other books where they do sort of chapter by chapter each you know is a different character but obviously do you literally write next to each other or do you go off, write, share it with each other? How do you cope with feedback? I'd love to know that. That's <laughs> Yeah, we started off like trying to write side by side, like piano style, just writing. Yeah. Um, but then very quickly realised that that was not possible, especially yeah, because we both have other jobs and families and we just couldn't spend the time we had to sort of write any any moment that we got so that might be midnight for me and first thing in the morning for me or vice versa so um yeah we now just write um completely separately um but we know exactly what's going to happen which is why we both have that same shared vision of the story um but yeah we'll write um separately and then swap the chapters back and forth back and forth until it's sort of become one person but we have sort of developed developed this voice that is in between Mish and I um and it's this new person that, that writes our books mm. called Ali and Michelle yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um yeah and feedback I think we yeah neither of us are very confrontational people but we've sort of had to become um <laughs> because we write together and we have to say <laughs> We have to shut each other down. I think Mish is always Mish shuts me down when I try and make things. I I like to make things extremely over the top romantic. So say I love you after the first date. <laughs> so Mish will shut me down, then and I'm very happy for her too. And I'll shut her down. I don't know. I feel like I'm happy with everything. Um, but you do maybe. <laughs> I'm sure I shut you down all the time. <laughs> but yeah, we have to become confrontational, which is not in our nature, but we really have been, and we're very open with each other now, which is good. <laughs> I think we we use similar feedback that I do with my young kids, which is compliment sandwiches. So yeah. a lovely compliment about something we adore about that, what they've done. Some <laughs> subtle feedback, and then another <laughs> amazing compliment because we just love each other so much. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a time to give each other feedback <laughs> it's amazing it's such an interesting process to, yeah 
to co-author. You know, I mean, you get it when it's just, as you say, just a, a single person writing a book. But to co-author, it's quite a oh, quite it's a, a huge achievement. Yes, yeah, I'll say, I'll say. Is it more complicated than a marriage, really? Yeah. <laughs> it is. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot more spreadsheets than a marriage, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Look, some some would definitely have spreadsheets. I think my husband, he would love to have a good spreadsheet, you know, just to kind of have everything out on a page. So I'm sure there are some that do have that. Um, um, we have spreadsheets in our marriage. My husband oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And how did you start the process? Obviously you saw books on the underground so what was the talk me through the process of then bringing it to Melbourne yeah so um I saw books on the underground um and worked with my friend Holly there on books on the underground and then thought it was such a Melbourne or Australian idea um so when I moved back in back in 2016 now um I immediately approached Mish who had her own bookstagram account and we were constantly talking about books, going to author talks and things like that um, and said we need to start this in Melbourne and we thought it was just going to be our own sort of side project. We put our favourite book, The Bronze Horseman, on a train and um, thought maybe someone might find it and we started, yeah, just we made some stickers and stuck them on books and sort of posted about on Instagram but really thought it was going to be our own little side project and no one would ever know anything about it but then um we were really lucky that publishers got wind of it and mm. started sending us boxes of books to put on the train and we yeah which was our dream um, and so um that started happening and then we were even more lucky that the media got wind of it and started writing articles about how books were traveling on public transport around Australia mm. um and then we got um a whole team of book ninjas is what we call them so we've got thousands of around Australia now and they put books, their own books on public transport with a big sticker that says um, find me, read me and then return me for someone else to enjoy. Mm. Um, and then, um, yeah, we still have them all around Australia putting books on public transport. Well, it's changed now actually. Of course with yeah. COVID. Mm. Yeah, mm. <laughs> books on the bed at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, um, and then, yeah, we, that's sort of how, how we started and we're so lucky that publishers still send us books to put on trains and, and Book Ninja's still really passionate about about um, about doing it as well. Yeah, wonderful. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing story to think how a book would travel, like where it would go. It's almost, I mean, as you, you obviously created the Book Ninja from it, but it's just amazing to think how one book could just travel the, and have these amazing different stories mm. and it's not I mean it's not so easy to find out obviously but it's just such an incredible thing to think about where these books are going yeah we have seen on Instagram and things actually and, mm. and on our website a few people have shared stories about um about them finding books and passing from one to another to another and the story that it's gone through and it's been amazing amazing to read those stories it's very nice that you didn't have any sort of pushback as well, mm. you know, that oftentimes, you know, you you kind of get a great idea like that and then, you know, like the bureaucracy say, no, you can't do that sort of thing, but at least you didn't get any of that or hopefully you didn't in the beginning of that. No, we've had lots of support from um, different public transport services and they've even briefed their um, cleaning staff, for example, to make mm. sure the books stay in circulation and, and don't mm. end up just in lost Mm, mm. Uh, which is being wonderful. Yes, I guess a lot of that needs to be yeah communicated. You know, 
Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. And Ali, obviously living in London, what was your relationship like, like, you know, or keeping up with your mum while you were in London? How did you, how did you constantly stay in touch? Yeah, it was, it was hard because I think I was, um, I was used to um, speaking to mum all the time, calling you in the morning on my way to work, on the after work, <laughs> messaging you at any time. And with the time difference, I, I remember mm. it being hard, um, but I sort of made it work. I remember speaking, like calling you on the way to, on the tube, on the way to work one morning, asking you some problem that I had with work, what I should do. And then I think it was probably around midnight for you, but you were still speaking to me then, which was good. So yeah, we I was very lucky that we were, we still had an and open, yeah, we still managed to, to make it work with the time difference. We met, met up with each other in yes. a little holiday together. We yes. met up with each other, which was nice. That's um, always that's always nice. Makes lovely, a difference. Yeah, lovely excuse to um to kind of go overseas and yeah, catch up with family because Jordana and Adam lived in New York for about three years. And yeah. so we often went over, which was lovely. Yeah, we really yeah. really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. pre-COVID, obviously, you know, living yeah. living apart from your parents or family was slightly less confronting because you, you know, always had a chance of travelling. But now for the last two years it's just been like so hard to watch and, you know, we've had a couple of mothers and daughters who have been separated just even by state borders, not even yeah. by country. And it's just so sad to think that that yeah. can happen and for such an extended amount of time and it makes that just, it feels so much longer. But at least when you were travelling overseas, you had the opportunity to, to have these see each other. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine, yeah, now it, it's so difficult. So, yeah, we were very lucky that we had that opportunity. Mm. Yeah, I mean, for us, in the beginning, not seeing each other was not—that was not easy. Oh, and I can't, COVID during COVID. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't stand. I said, no, I can't. I can't bear it. That's <clears throat> not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, tough. must have been harder for you in Melbourne. Yeah, so hard. We went, and I had just had a baby as well, mm. um, so that was really hard. Not seeing anyone, and my husband's family is in Perth, so they oh. only met. My baby once. Oh. Yeah, oh, so gosh. it's been hard. And well, half a year, Mish as well had big plans to go to live in London, which unfortunately yes. kept being delayed. Oh, no. <laughs> it wasn't um, a good time to quit my job and mm. plan to travel the world in mm. 2020. Mm. But <laughs> we were very fortunate um, in other ways. So. Mm. Mm. You've obviously um, made the most of your non-travel time. That's for sure. Yes, it sounds like it. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Lots of book writing. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's always good because obviously the time difference wouldn't have made it so easy for you guys. So at least at least you're on the same same time zone. So that's always good. Yeah, I think we were a bit naive about making writing from different sides of the world work. So it probably, yeah. it probably was for the best mm. that I exactly stay close by. <laughs> and Cindy and Susie, do you have you formed a friendship or did you have the friendship first and now the girls have kind of taken over? Well, do you want to answer that, Susie, or I can? So we really met through the girls at school and we had a very close friendship 
then and um, I, I guess a little bit we didn't for a few years we didn't see each other as much because the girls um, went uh, different pathways so it was just really joyful to reconnect and we could um, we could speak about our girls and how <laughs> excited we were and how proud <laughs> and we wouldn't have to be modest about uh, that. <laughs> 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 we could share that and be a uh, cheer squad without feeling or we should really be saying too much. <laughs> so it was, it was wonderful. So, so our friendship has been, well, as long as the, the girls mm. and especially in primary school, um, you do form. Mm, your, your you do. Children, um, parents become your community. Mm, and mm. Very important part of your life. Um, and um, so we were we were very lucky, so it was just wonderful to come together again. But we never lost contact because of good through the girls. No, oh, so that's on. so nice. That's so. I mean, it's lo- lovely that you've had such a yeah a strong bond, and then obviously seeing the girls together. I mean, it just must be so warming, you yeah. know, to you to sort of see yeah. that very yes. strong relationship, obviously, which will remain obviously forever. Hmm. You look at, you know, Mish is, you know, very familiar with our home and I think feels very comfortable in our home and Ali very comfortable around the Kalis's home. Yeah. So yeah, it's really lovely. Yes. It's really lovely. And, and when they first started, I, you could, they were writing, I think, a draft to present mm. to some pub, to a publisher and you could just hear them laughing from the dining room. <laughs> and they were no, that's lovely. That's so nice. <laughs> It's really nice. That's that's very nice. Yeah. So, Michelle, are you um, are you still working? Did you say? I mean, you said that you gave, but you you are still working. Yes, yes. I was very fortunate um, to get um, more teaching work last year, um, and so I'm a primary school teacher. Mm. I'm teaching you four this year, so I've just raced pretty much from the classroom oh. into the podcast. Oh wow. Um, it's been a very different couple of yeah. years. Yeah. Being a yeah. I never imagined I'd have my classroom in my kitchen. No. Um, that's been a very novel experience. Yeah. Um, how, so how, how did you cope? How, how did you, you know, I know you had to cope, but how, how did you cope? Um, it's been very intense, I think, particularly last year because I started a new job, a new teaching job right as I was going into lockdown. So I went um, straight online. That was very challenging because I wasn't familiar with the school. I barely knew the kids um, and it was a very intense timetable set up. I was teaching live all day mm. pretty much on, on Zoom, which is very a very different intensity to being in the classroom. Um, and it was very isolating because I didn't really have a community at school yet. But mm. this year has been much, much, although much, lots of ups and downs. Um, I've had a really strong team that I've been working with, um, mm. and I'm at a different school, which is um, I'm I'm enjoying. And yeah, it's been a lot of ups and downs, particularly this last lockdown. Um, it was unexpected how long it was meant to be, mm. and while my students. I've been so incredibly resilient. I think like everyone, it hit them a lot harder mm. this time around. So mm. getting them engaged and motivated has just been that little bit trickier. Mm. Um, so we're um, about three weeks to being back on campus, which has just been a huge relief. I'm sure. Um, being back with the mm. kids and 
you know, I think we tried to keep the learning as rigorous as possible, but it's um, nice just to be able to teaching now is so much easier just being at school and and with the kids and they're so they're so happy to be amongst their friends again that's lovely yeah it's been it's been a real yeah big learning curve these mm. last this last year and a half I'm sure um, but I'm I'm glad I was able to come out of it yeah I mean I've always I mean I know most people have appreciated teachers but I don't think quite so many people have realized just how incredible teachers are and just how valuable they are having your kids home all day every day and as much as yes they have the online learning but you have to be there to be the support I mean my eldest is in UK so it was very hands-on with him and I just don't know how you do it all day every day and having your own kids on top of that, you know, or, you know, just trying to juggle both and have, as you say, 20 kids in your kitchen and try keep them <laughs> focused for a whole term and, and, and obviously the year before that as well. It's just incredible and I'm just so thankful. Anyone who is a teacher, I'm just so, so grateful for because you really do work so very hard I don't know how I, I just I'm in, amazed really oh, thank you thank you yeah it's been um it's been it's been a journey that's for sure but um yeah appreciate that and uh like and Cindy and Susie I mean how do you feel seeing your girls succeed so wonderfully um well I, I feel incredibly proud um I'm obviously, you know, very proud of you know all the all the things that Ali's achieved in her life. Um, you know, her work goals, being you know seeing a copywriter, well sought after, being um, doing the Books on the Well initiative with Mish and um, all her the writing of three books. I'm you know proud of all of that as well. Very proud of all her personal goals that she's um, achieved. You know, being the most amazing mother um, and a wife. To, to Alex and an amazing daughter and sister. So I'm, I'm really proud of everything. Um, but I suppose if one thing that I really admire, besides being proud of all of that as a mother, what I really admire of you, Ali, <laughs> is that, um, that she followed your passion. So she had this goal of that she really wanted to write and to write a book and I'm a much more pragmatic person and I would say make sure you've got a career you've got to put the food on the table yeah. you know it's very hard to get a book published and, and which we know it is I mean mm-hmm. you've got the most amazing talented authors so hard to get uh, you know a publisher to publish a book and I just really admire and I'm in awe of you Ali because mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do it to follow that passion and not give up on your dream and I just I'm just so proud of you that you could do that and I just feel so happy that you could do it and um, and so I'm glad that you followed that dream of yours. So, yeah, that's how I feel. That's nice. <laughs> I'm proud of you too. Yeah. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> that's so I'm nice. I'm proud of Ali's drive too. She's just <laughs> in her dreams and just how she goes after everything. My gosh, yeah. yeah, I feel the same. <laughs> that's very nice. We're all proud of each other. That's very nice. Well, I guess, Susie, it's your turn to say how proud. There's <laughs> a lot of proud proud people there, which is great. I think um, 
everything that Cindy uh, said, um, you know, so beautifully, <laughs> is that, that great pride and, and in fact how we're in awe of our girls. But I, I think as a mother too, for them um, to have achieved this for their own self, for their own inner self, and and um, to sort of help them develop, I suppose, their their confidence in 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 being able um, um, to do something like this. And I, I think it's 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 um, really impacted on how they feel inside as a person. And I think as as a parent. It, it, one of your goals is that your child should um, have a strong sense of self. And it's very difficult in, in this complicated world mm. often to feel that, although you should feel that. So when you have something that's so appreciated and so enjoyed to such a claim, what it does for, for the girls as a person inside, I think, is what, what, what makes you really happy. That's nice. That's, that's beautifully said. <laughs> Beautifully said. Very nice. And so for both Cindy and Susie, you, you're childhood um, survivors of Holocaust survivors. Do you think that impacted your parenting at all with your girls having what you experienced with both your parents? So I think... Um, um, I was born in, in London, so my parents came um, to, to London from Krakow, from Poland after the war. And I think we grew up um, with a very great sense of gratitude and appreciation to have grown up in, in England, and my husband's the same, his son of Holocaust parents in Australia. And I think. Um, that we don't take it for granted. We feel that we have, were given a gift and our children were given a gift that of education and living and growing up in a free world. Um, and so uh, I think all of our, ch our children, I think one of the things that we are very proud of with our, our, our girls is that they also have this sense of, of, of gratitude for, for, for what they um, have ha have being given in Australia, growing up in Australia as I was in England. So I think you don't take it for granted mm. and education and learning and reading, just reading mm. and books were, were a very important part of your growing up and I think that's um, gone through the generations. So, so I think that, that growing up in a country like that and um, and and growing up in a country largely then and to the great part now where we didn't experience any um, any uh, sort of discrimination um, and uh, so we we hold that very dear. Mm. <laughs> um, so for myself, I yeah. think. Thank you, Susie. That's beautiful. I think um, for myself, I think probably one overall umbrella thing is that because um, you know I'm a, a daughter of a Holocaust um, survivor, that um, our family was very very small. Yes, because many people perished, mm. killed, or murdered over in Europe, and so we had a very very small family here. 
And yeah. as a result, I think family is really pivotal. Mm-hmm. It's been like the biggest driving force for us. That, um, and I know that my dad will say, looking down the table and seeing so many family members, that just it just gives them the, mm. the best yeah. delight because yeah. it was yeah. so small. Mm. So you know, didn't like grandparents and because yeah. so many people were aunties and uncles. Yeah. Um, I suppose in respect to that's like that the biggest thing in respect to parenting of how I parented Ali and what kind of filtered through besides the importance of family, which is obviously the main thing. But if I probably could highlight two aspects, so my mother, um, it was mainly my mother was a Holocaust survivor. My dad came before the war, although. His parent, they lost most of their family members over there too. But my mother, who was born in Warsaw in 1939 and, and it was for the first six years of her life was a, um, in hiding basically mm-hmm. and was, you know, sometimes in an orphanage, sometimes was hiding with a nanny, sometimes was on a peasant farm looking after goats. But she knew one thing while she was hiding was that she had to keep very secret who she was, even though she was so young. She knew yeah. it was life and death and it was life and death. Yeah. She had to keep secret what her identity was. And I think that um, filtered down to her parenting of me. She was very secretive. She wouldn't share any details to people mm-hmm. about who she was because she was so worried that she would be found out even when she was here safely in Australia. Mm. And um, that filtered down to our home being quite private and I think I'm quite a private person and I, I think when I was parenting our kids, I kept things a little bit more private than maybe some other people who didn't endure that. Um, so that would be one aspect. And I think the other aspect in regards to my parenting was my mum was quite protective because life was so fra- important and fragile and she had experienced that so she was quite protective over myself and my sister and I think that trickled down to me and it kind of ballooned <laughs> into not being protective but probably being overprotective mm-hmm. and um, I think you can describe me as a kind of very typical Jewish overprotective mother. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter what age you are, you still parent, parent. parent your children no matter, yeah. no matter yeah. what age. I mean, obviously they're grown up and they make their own decisions, but you still, yeah. still can parent. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Papa, even at 98, was still parenting. I mean, my da- my grandfather sadly only passed away this year but he still would tell my dad off you know and my dad's in his 70s I was gonna say and he's not young anymore he's not young anymore so I I think you're always once you're a parent you're always a parent I don't don't think that goes away just you know regardless of what age they are um and it's I mean it's funny you say that about family and being close because we had the same on on my dad's side having come here and they only really had extended family that were kind of friends and if you were kind of a distant relative, you were just scooped up with everybody else. And I think for my grandmother, having had grandchildren and unfortunately she didn't get to meet my kids, but having grandkids I think was like her her way of being like, you know, I've really made it and that for her was really important. Mm, mm. Um, and so, yeah, we we know what it's like to hold on to yeah. how important family really Shame. is. She would have, yeah, she would have loved to have met her great-grandchildren yeah. but, you know, mm. sadly. It's a, it's a shame, unfortunately. I was going to say never happened. Mm. To completely pivot the conversation <laughs> for you, Ali and Michelle, what is your writing process 
like? Has it been quite different from each other? Do you feel like you kind of write the same? What's it like for both of you? Yes, I think um, what, one of the great things about writing with another person, especially when that person is Ali, um, is that you have this other person that you're constantly being able to feed off and bounce off ideas um, and really reflect and challenge each other. So we're really lucky that we're able to nut out the story in such a collaborative way. And the same goes when we're writing. So we're constantly going back and reading over each other's work and editing and finessing. And while I think our voices were maybe a little bit different when we first started, um, the fact that we're so similar in many ways just as people has really helped us to formulate this um, very succinct voice. Um, and I think even when I go back, you know, there are key parts of this book that I remember writing, but often I go back and I just have no idea if it was Ali or if oh, it was that's my wow. Interesting. I was going to ask you that, you know, do you sort of think, oh, my gosh, did I write that? Yeah. Did Ali write that? You know, it, it, that's interesting. Yeah, all, all the time, all the time. And I think like Ali said, we have created this new voice that's um, very much just a combination of, of both of us and um, reflects um, both of our voices in, in this really lovely, special, new dynamic way. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I find it really hard to remember hmm. what, I, what I've actually written. And, you know, we go back and we, we edit each other's work, so we sort of interlace ourselves into each of the chapters, even those that we haven't written from scratch. Hmm. That's amazing. It is. Anything to add, Ali? Or yeah. The- <laughs> Yeah, no, I think, yeah, exactly what Mish said. Um, I also read back and I can't um, remember who wrote what, um, but I feel like I'm so grateful to have Mish. I think something that I'm really lacking is is I'll write something and be like, all right, that's done. I can never look at it again. And Mish is a superstar editor. Like she can change things. She can read over and over and over again and keep changing and changing and polishing it and making it better and better. Apparently she gets it from Susie, <laughs> who is currently an um, but yeah, I think um, if Mish isn't a writer, she's an amazing. If Mish is a writer, but if she wasn't a writer, she would be an amazing editor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very lucky to have her to edit all of my work and also to write amazing pieces as well. <laughs> <laughs> and and I know we touched on this, uh, you know, with COVID, obviously, you know, obviously because COVID impacted, you know, books on the rail. Um, is it back on now? Is everything uh, back? to I don't I mean to maybe how it was or yeah so it's sort of it's we are relaunching it very soon with the launch of Fancy Meeting You Here our third book um we're going to put books officially back on the rails so yes in 2020 we sort of faced when the pandemic came we had um we were faced with either shutting books on the rail because no one was really using public Mm. transport Mm. um or pivoting, which so many businesses had to do, and we um, decided to pivot to books on the bed. We thought that a lot of people were sort of found finding solace or comfort in um, in reading during the pandemic. They were sort of using it as a way to travel with their mind um, when they couldn't actually leave their homes. Um, and we found so many people were reading, even people that weren't usually readers. Um, so we decided to launch books on the bed as a way to sort of get people to share what they were reading and to help people, um, yeah, recommend things that might help them during this 
very troubling time or struggling with the, yeah, during this difficult time. Um, so we, yeah, changed books on the rail to books on the bed and mm. we encouraged people to take a photo of what they were reading, um, whether it was on their bed, on their bench, on their yoga mat, wherever <laughs> they were, um, and upload a photo of, of that book. Um, and then, yeah, onto Instagram, which is what people do with books on the rail as well and encourage people to to read that book and books on the bed is still going at the moment and we've got a whole lot of book ninjas all over australia thousands um but um now we are slowly getting back onto the round now that people are slowly starting to brace public transport again and that great um, that's exciting yeah yeah so yeah with fancy meeting you here coming out november 30th that will also be the launch of books on the rail um officially relaunching back onto public transport oh, that's great very exciting it must the be last so one nice. actually worked quite well with um yeah the, the book ninjas yeah that's true <laughs> could get their own customized masks book ninjas yeah. I love that <laughs> got to think of the merchandise it's the most important thing <laughs> for any business <laughs> do you do you often give the girls advice business advice or um helping with the characters in the books or anything like that do you feel like you have to give an input. I know most Jewish mothers would do that because they can't keep their opinions <laughs> to themselves. <laughs> we, we have written a character in this book, that a Jewish mother, who um, who shares her love through feeding and making food and making sure everyone's well fed. So that was a bit of an ode. To- <laughs> <laughs> My mum always helps me a lot with yeah, editing, coming up with ideas, discussing things, which is really nice. Um, yeah. And and Susie as well. And Alan, Susie's dad, Susie, Misha's dad, um, also always has big ideas, very big ideas for us, which is great. <laughs> So, so did, did 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 anybody pay attention to the father's big ideas or they just were just kept his ideas? You're like, yeah. that's nice, Dad. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. The ideas are shared. I think when we're sort of halfway through writing our third book, my dad's always like, and this is what you could do for the next book. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. I can relate. I can relate yes. to that yes, very absolutely. much. <laughs> I was going to say. And yeah. so to the mums, Cindy and Susie, um, could you tell that when the kids, when the girls were little, that they might end up being writers, that they, you know, had that in them? Well, I, I, I never thought in terms of sort of long term of, of Mishi being a writer, but she was an absolutely um voracious and delectable reader she would read all different um genre of books all different styles she was and um and and the extent i thought was quite rare how much she just loved loved reading she loved books hmm. she loved having the feel of books as she grew older just the smell of the books <laughs> Isn't that great? i think she loved words she's always was a great wordsmith she likes to make puns with words and play with words and she's got a um she had a facility to express something quite Simply, and it might be a complex idea, but so simply, which I think was a real gift. So I, I didn't think of her in terms of that she'd be a writer when she grew up, but mm-hmm. but I think um, 
I think books were so she loved she loved books mm. um, unusually so I mm. think that she and she relaxed with them and that's lovely and was excited by them um, so I think she had a passion for for the for, for language and and Cindy the same you think with Ali. Um, no, if I had to answer that question, I would say yes. I did think she was going to be a writer. Okay. Um, so very early on, um, you know, when you picture little kids staying there and you're asking them, what do you want to do? And one child would say, I want to be an astronaut, I want to be a teacher, ballet dancer, doctor. Ali would say, I want to be a writer. Mm. So mm. very early on she wanted to write and that's what she would do. So she would be at home in her leisure time writing. She'd have friends coming over and what they would be doing, she'd make make them do it. Sometimes they weren't that keen, but she'd make them do it. She would make them write, they would write a script to a play and then they'd act it out or they'd write some stories and that's what she would do and she very involved in writing also at school. So that was definitely her her passion and yeah. her absolute love, yeah. So, that's lovely. Yeah. So boring for my friends. Like, <laughs> you were just hosting writers' it. workshops. Like I'm, I'm sure your friends should be appreciative. I'm sure they did really well at school. They should. <laughs> I was nurturing their talents. Yeah. <laughs> and I must say that Ellie also did enjoy books like Mishy too. And I, I don't know when that, if you remember we, when, when, that, when it actually happened, but we had um, the girls wanted to start a book club. So... Yeah. You know, I was in a book club and I remember Ali saying, well, I want a book club. And I've got this photo of these little kids. Like, do you remember what? They were in year four, I think. Year four. Wow. They wanted to have the, the afternoon tea because they realised that oh, was a big component of that. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> the spread was very important. And um, so I've got this gorgeous photo with Mish and Ali and a few mm-hmm. other girlfriends of, you know, really at the tender age of 10. Oh, that's amazing. So because that's what they love doing was discussing books oh, and meetings. Incredible, yes. incredible. I mean, very ahead of your time. Book clubs are like a very in vogue now. Yeah, very ahead of our time. Yeah. <laughs> Especially at that age. I think that's so uh, that's impressive. You know, most four-year-olds uh, in year four, I should say, 10-year-olds wouldn't think to be doing Like that's just not... You know, you would yeah. maybe play. As you can tell, we were the popular girls. <laughs> Listen, you're doing well now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It all comes around. It all comes around in the end. Um, for Cindy and Susie, what, what's it been like becoming grandmothers? Okay. So becoming a grandmother, I knew uh, – I knew I was going to love being a grandmother. I knew I was going to embrace it. Even before Ali was pregnant, I knew I wanted to be a grandmother and be <laughs> passionate about. And But I think I underestimated that first time when I walked into the room and I saw my daughter mm. holding my granddaughter, the intensity of that emotion mm. was even beyond what I imagined and it was incredible and it has just continued to be incredible and I feel very blessed because I babysit Lily a couple of days a week and Ali's working for home so I get to be with Ali I get to be with Lily Lovely. and I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm very grateful <laughs> well, it's, it's, a, it's a enormously special feeling but I, I think um when you do see your your baby become a mum and 
to see those um, feelings and the um, maternal feelings um, and the instincts come to play. It's, it's very special. And look, it was tinged with a lot of relief as well <laughs> because as a mother, I think you still worry about your child first. So I think when just becoming... Uh, um, when the baby arrives safely into, and you see a baby safely in a car, yeah. so it's an enormous sense of, of course, actually, I think, yeah, and of a course. little bit of, of you're very tuned um, to to what they, you know, the challenges that um, that that's part and parcel of, of of being a parent and that first year with your first child. Um, so it's sort of it's mixed with that sense of wonder, but also the sense of concern for your own child, and then. Um, but it's very beautiful. Um, it was after three girls, it, we had a boy. Oh, now it's <laughs> exciting! How to look after boys without getting sprayed? So true. I know exactly. Yeah, it's like they come with different complications. Yeah, it's so true. Attack it down. Yeah, that's so funny. I know those. Yes, those those, those early, early days. days. Yeah, it's so funny. Sarah was then um, living in London, and we visit. We went there for, for the baby, and so I ran out of clothes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it's very, very special, but we realise we don't have the same energy level. Like, <laughs> it's quite. true. Um, we know everyone's on a time crunch, so we're going to jump into the All About Us lightning round. So one word to describe your relationships when the girls were teenagers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I think it was Close, extended to closed. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I'm going to say teenish. Yeah, <laughs> teenish. <laughs> and one word to describe your relationship now in adulthood after having kids. Strong. That's nice. Yes, it's a very. I think as they grow, grow. Um, you really have that closeness um, on a, on a, on a different level. That's all empathy. What characteristics do you think you got from your mums? Uh, I think I well, something I've always admired in my mum and always hoped that I would be as good at is just how warm-hearted she is and how kind she is and how much energy she has for for other people. I think. Some people worry they turn into their mums, but I think I worry that I won't turn oh, into my mum. Oh, that's, that's so nice. nice. That's really lovely. Um, um, I hope I hope my kindness, as I could be as kind as her. Lovely. Um, I'm going to say mum said she was an overprotective mum, so I've taken that as well and now I'm an overprotective mum. <laughs> um, but also your, I think mum's passion, mum, she said she's a speech pathologist, a dance teacher, tour guide, mum, she has the most active social life I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> I feel like I am trying to be as active and passionate as you are in life at all times, even though I can't, I can't quite keep up. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and most memorable moment in your relationship? 
We were talking the mm. other day, um, sort of more recent memorable moment was uh, when I got married, mum and my mother-in-law, they wrote a very special um, piece of writing to sort of um, share their hopes and um, for us as a couple as to develop a strong and harmonious and loving relationship and they read that under the wedding canopy um, on our wedding day and they were holding hands and <laughs> I was holding hands with my husband and that was just a very special, intimate moment um that I'll always remember that's nice um and I think um a memorable moment which I think involves both of us um because there's so many but I think one of the recent ones was when Ali had um been just a few weeks as a new mother and she wrote me a most beautiful card and in the card she wrote um how much she appreciated all of a sudden about I had been a mother to her because she realised being a mother what kind of involved all the hard work and all the emotion and the passion. And I remember reading this card and really relating to it because I remember having, not in a few weeks, it took me a bit longer, when Ali was about three or four months old, having that same epiphany, thinking, mm. I can't believe what my mum has done because now mm. I'm doing it now and what it actually involves. And I just thought that was such a memorable moment that, Ali created by writing that card to me because it involved my mum, it involved me, it involved Ali and it involved Lily and it was really that circle of life mm. of all women yeah. um, involved across generations and I, I felt so connected to Ali that we had that, that same very strong feeling. That's really great. That's lovely. Um, just quickly, how many, does, do you call your mums clearly many times a day? <laughs> yeah yeah so I take, that as, I take that as a yes <laughs> yeah we do and I mean it sounds like you've also got a very close relationship but is there anything you have always wanted to ask or tell each other but never have I'm going to say probably not but I think we're I don't think there's too much we we're reflecting um as part of you for I get to be involved in puberty workshops and teaching puberty. <laughs> and um, we were chatting a lot last week about how different my experience of learning about puberty is for how it is for the kids and as they're embarking on that. And um, I think I am. Um, I, I, I fell to my role. <laughs> she learned all about it on the upside down on the monkey bar from <laughs> Lindsay at school. <laughs> I remember going into her room and she wouldn't know this when she um when she was in year nine, she spent away um a year um away in in a country campus of a school. And it was a very emotional time and uh, of growth and growing and and challenges. And I I came upon her 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 diary what she however in her room and I thought oh this would answer a lot of mysteries but I didn't 
I thought but I didn't want to betray her and I thought oh, I mean, I live it would have been a good guidebook you're like I'm so close to figuring it out that's yeah. so funny in my own fantasy so. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't read it. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get some juicy gums. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I should have. Well, thank you, the four of you for such a lovely chat. It's been great to meet both of you and we're very excited for your new book coming out on November 30th and Books on the Rail being back on the rail, as you say. <laughs> Um, I don't get on the train too often, but I hope when I do, I do get to find a book. That's That'll be a goal. I think I'd like that. Yeah, and continued success and, and it's just been a joy. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been pleasure. Nice chat. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you have a mother and daughter story that you would like to share, send us a DM on Instagram at Mothers and Daughters Pod. If you loved this episode, please subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss a new episode. Spread the love and share the podcast with your mum or sister or friend. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. See you next week and don't forget to call your mum.